today on my first concert. Yeah, you're busy. The, the Here's the question, though. How The Timberwolves are one of the best teams right now in the National Basketball Association. And for those of us long-suffering Wolves fans or Minnesota sports fans, we, we don't we don't tend to see this a lot. And hopefully they'll be able to finish it off this year with a championship. How many of your friends or acquaintances are, are saying, hey, uh, any chance you could get me tickets to oh one of those God. games? Oh, my God. Every day. Every, every day. And it's like... I- From the AquariusHomeServices.com studio, this is Dave Lee along with producer Davide Rosso on this week's show, My First Concert, by the way, available wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, TalkNorth.com, wherever. It's brought to you by StarBank.net and Aquarius Home Services. And today, so great to have a DJ Dime join us. Uh, she is a talented performer who recently, by the way, performed for the NFL at this year's Super Bowl out in Las Vegas. How about that? And we're going to discuss that. Uh, DJ, thanks for coming in. Appreciate this time. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's go back to your first concert that you ever attended. What was it? Janet Jackson, Velvet Rope. Okay, tell me about the show. Do you remember who you went with? And, and well, well, for me, it was I'm a huge uh, Janet fan. So I actually wasn't able to see her first concert, which was Rhythm Nation, because I was on punishment. Mm-hmm. So my mom uh, took the tickets from me as my punishment. So I was so hurt. Um, <clears throat> this I was probably in ninth grade at the time. And uh, it was just hard, uh, really hard for everyone that went to the concert the next day was like, oh, I got this Rhythm Nation. This is a, and I didn't get anything. And I, I just really didn't believe that my mother would punish me that way because she had actually bought the tickets, but um, she took them back as my punishment. So I said, I, I'll take anything else but that. But so, <laughs> so when, um, when it came to uh, the Velvet Rope, I was probably... I want to say either a senior in high school or my first year of college. So I have my own money is what I'm trying to say. So I, uh, I, the first thing I did was go buy the ticket and I just bought one for myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, dude, like I am not missing this. Nobody's telling me nothing. And this is, <laughs> this is when you had to go, uh, like, I don't know what it was, like Dayton's or something. When you went, they had a ticket area and you go buy it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I went and I stood in the line and I said, look, I'm not missing Janet this time. And that's what happened. What do you remember about the show? It was, to me, her best tour. For me, I don't know if it's because it's like the first one I went to. But for me, it was just like awesome to see. Uh, I mean, it was just um it was like the Victorian era, like how she did it on stage. But she just came out in this uh, really cool, like, uh, zoot suit and this uh, top hat. And she just stood there for, like, maybe five minutes. And everybody's just going crazy. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, th- this production is crazy. You know, I can already tell. And so, for me, I mean, then then she just hit it. The dancers came out and uh, everything. I'm sorry, not Velvet Rope. It was Janet. It was the Janet tour. Not yeah, Velvet okay. Rope, the Janet tour. Yeah. So as she came out and it it was all white and everything. It was just awesome. Yeah, and then uh, you know I think about that and the impact she made on you, which mm-hmm. seems to be quite positive. 
the do you do you find that there are that you now are a mentor to some that are watching you that are observing you that are wondering what you're doing and and want to be like you um yeah i'm starting to see that a lot now because of uh, my position here at minneapolis public schools and jazz 88 so uh being the associate educator and going out and helping um, kids learn um, the craft of DJing and things like that, I I get, uh, even yesterday I was at North High at, during lunch and people was like, oh, I know you, I heard of you. And, you know, it was just cool to see uh, the kids dancing and wanting to be involved in this. And then um, also just knowing who I am and uh, or knowing my name and then seeing me in person was cool so yeah i I would think that'd be a big deal for a a lot of people obviously a lot of young people who always need that kind of mentor so uh, you're kind of their janet jackson (laughs) i mean that's awesome i mean i hope so i mean that that would be a great thing being that i'm from the community um the north Mm -hmm. side community is where i'm from and then i'm able to give back too that's that's awesome so but but let me ask you now because you you're you've you write songs, you're a performer, you're a ranger, you're a music producer. I mean, you, the DJ thing has been hugely successful. Yes. What What was it that inspired you to go out to New York to learn the craft? Well, at the time, um, I'm just one of those people that I take anything that I put my mind to, I take very seriously. So, like, if you tell me, oh... I, you're going to be an actor or I want to be an actor. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be an actor. You know what I mean? So I want to learn the mm-hmm. craft. So for me, when I decided to be a DJ, um, I really wanted to learn the craft and learn from the best, from the the most basic. So at the time, there was only one school in the whole country, which was uh, Jam Master J's school, uh, Scratch, it, Scratch DJ Academy mm-hmm. in Manhattan. And that's Jam Master J is the um, late DJ from Run DMC. Yeah. And so he had a, um, a, a college for DJs and people thought it was so crazy. And I'm like, wow. So I started looking at the curriculum and what you learn and everything like that. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, just for, uh, uh, you know, to get into it, you know, I want to learn from the best. So that's what I did. And I flew out there and did it. But at the same time, like New York was my second home at that time because I I was um, I had a career as a rapper. So everything that kind of happened for me, like I was familiar with New York and and being there and and kind of like just adapting to being a New Yorker kind of. So it wasn't like real foreign for me to to go out there to do that. So, yeah, it's not that yeah, and it worked out well. Yeah. Any different than, you know, me going back to a music and audio production school in town and actually learning from people that have been in the industry and not just like, you know, doing it at church or, or uh, um, in their bedrooms or, you know, kind of mm-hmm. and call themselves music producers. No, you actually learn from uh, people that have been in the industry for a very long time and actually have seen all the uh, um, the change that uh, went through, because even for you, like DJing, mm-hmm. uh, you go from turntables to, <laughs> um, it, it's all digital now. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but you learned on vinyl, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I learned on vinyl, but that was, um, that was by choice. 
Because when I started, right. um, like Serato, which is the DJ software, and everything was just coming out. The digital software was coming out with the boards, the controllers. And I was like, and they were like trying to get me to learn that way. They're like, it's going towards this. You should learn this. And I'm like, no, I want to learn on vinyl. Like, so I feel like once I learn the basics, like the real start and the basics, I, anything else is going to be easy for me at that point. So I had uh, actual real records, real turntables, the Technics 1200s, and, a, and a, just a two-way mixer. No fancy mixer or anything. And I said, yes, that's what I want to do. So what I did was do private lessons because, you know, I, I lived here in Minneapolis. So I just wanted to do like a straight uh three, four days with a private instructor. And that's what I did um, for like four days straight. All I did was mix. And then that's like my strong point now is, is mixing and blending and everything like that. Because I had to actually pick up the needle, um, put a piece of tape on where I want to start from my cue point, and then keep juggling the beats back and forth, back and forth. And I was so frustrated. Oh my God. It was like, it was like, I don't want to say hard, but it's, I guess it was kind of hard, you know, with real yeah. records. It was kind of hard because you have to, um, I mean, it's about timing. And this is, these are real records. So it's no like pushing a button and it goes back, you know. <laughs> so you're actually taking the needle, putting it on the uh, the cue point, doing the other record, spinning it back, doing the same thing. And then when I finally, it probably took me about four hours straight. And when I finally got it, it was, it was kind of over with then for me. I was like, oh, my God, I got it. So, <laughs> and yeah, then, the light goes on. Yeah, yeah then yeah. it was just like everything <laughs> yeah, became yeah. easy to me after that. So, DJ Diamond's with us. You may have seen her Timberwolves games. You're working the Wolves games, doing the music there. You do it for the Lynx. You've done Final Fours. I mean, mm -hmm. you've done these incredible events already. But I got to ask you, I have to ask you about the Super Bowl <laughs> and getting invited and, and how that whole process happened and what was the experience like? Well, it was crazy. So what? how I even got involved with it, it's the NFLPA, which is the National Football League Players Association. So they have mm -hmm. the biggest or one of the biggest parties every Super Bowl. So it's industry players only. You know, it's like their party, you know. So um, when it, the Super Bowl was here in 2018, I got an email and it says, hey, we're having this party um, for the NFLPA and you came, became, you know, recommended. Um, can you send us a demo? And I was like, huh? I don't even still to this day. I don't know how they got my information, you know, but I was like, mm -hmm. OK. And um, they said, this is what we're looking for. It needs to be, uh, you know, very eclectic because we have older players, younger players, um, people that like rock, people that like R&B, people that, you know, so I had to be very eclectic with it. So that's what I did. And they love the mix and um, they hired me. So when I got there, um, I mean, I, I, they said I did a great job. And then uh, the next year was in Atlanta. And they said, well, we're going to have two DJs this year. And one of them was Big Tigger that used to host, um, what was it called? Uh, I can't remember. It's on the tip of my tongue, but it was a big rap show on BET. It was like, uh, like yo MTV raps, but it was on BET, the basement or something like that. It was called. And so, um, he's very big and well-known. I was like, Oh, okay, sure. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be going with him. You know, how's this going to go? <laughs> Being that he's kind of a celebrity, you know, he is a celebrity. Yeah, sure. So, um, 
And we had a, a talk, a conference call, and we said, well, instead of um, going back and forth, let's do 30 minutes. You do 30 minutes, I do 30 minutes. And then, and it, we became cool, and, and that worked out. So uh, I wasn't intimidated or anything. In fact, he actually... Uh, at the end, was giving me all the praise in front of everybody. This girl, DJ Diamond, you know, so that was great. And then the next year, they hired me again in Miami, which was awesome. And I love that one. Um, and then after that, we had a break because it was COVID. So I was yeah. hired for Los Angeles, but um, because of the COVID circumstances, we had to cancel that. And so now this was my first time back um, in Vegas. And it was awesome. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> and great networking, I would think, once you get to something like that. She is yeah. DJ Dime. We've been talking here about uh, the talent we have here in Minnesota with our young musicians that are coming up and uh, replacing just this great and working with this great generation we've seen prior to them. And, and we are really in good hands. And she's an example of that. We'll talk more here in just a minute. I want to thank our friends over at Aquarius for making this show possible. And I know a lot of us get overwhelmed when we get this little to-do list going and it grows and it grows and we our time is so valuable and the, t- the schedule seems to shrink a lot. So if you're spending more time stressing over your household repairs than you're actually enjoying life, well, you're not alone, first of all, and Aquarius Home Services has your back. They are your trusted local. Let us tackle your to-do list team. Aquarius Home Services, here to assist Jeff and that staff over there are fabulous, whether it's a furnace, electrical work, plumbing that gives you trouble. Choose a service. They're going to fix that and take $98 off the repair cost. So 98 bucks right there, and that's for any furnace, plumbing, or electrical repair they're slashing $98 from the price. And I've had them out to do all those things through these uh, last couple of decades. So watch your to-do list shrink while you reclaim your time. No more worrying about flickering lights, leaky toilets, noisy furnaces. They're dedicated pros. They respect your home and your time. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. And they're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. DJ Dime is with us. Um, she is uh, very busy. Let me ask you this, though. One of the iconic places in this town, as you know, mm-hmm. is uh, First Avenue. Yes. And and I don't know. Uh, I know you've played First Avenue. So when that happened for you, were you intimidated by this is First Avenue or, or didn't that didn't that register? No, of course it, it registered. But um, as a DJ, this was my first time, like, really, uh, like, being there as a DJ. But, like I said, I used to be a rapper, so I have had yeah. experience there before. But just seeing all the, uh, going in the dressing room and seeing all the, the people's names on the on the walls and stuff, it's just like a <laughs> yeah. whole inspi- inspiration type of thing, you know. But actually, DJing there was wild, because to me, it was just, like, being able to, like, control the, this crowd and... um you know, being like the uh, soundtrack to everything that's getting ready to happen this night in this his- historic space was so dope to me. So, yes, that, w- that was a great highlight. And then even them having my name on the poster on the outside, it was just like, oh, my oh, God, wow. like, this is so awesome. So <laughs> it's like, man, like, because I grew up on, you know, Prince and the whole Purple Rain and all that. So actually to be there and to see your name and, and, and everything, like, it's just awesome. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Prince on this series and you played Paisley Park, did you mm-hmm. not? Yes. Actually, I just what got was, booked there again um, for July <laughs> and possibly next month. So, yeah. Um, now, that was more surreal for me because um, I had been there before, of course, um, um, 
just as a, a you know more of a patron fan you know of someone else playing but me actually playing in paisley park are you serious like this was uh <laughs> so huge like the first time it was just like wow I mean, this is Prince's place, and it was an honor, you know, like just just to be able to yeah. do it, and I and I loved it. But was that the first time you DJed that, there? The very first time I DJed there was, um, I want to say, twenty twenty two. Okay, that was okay, the first okay. time. And then, um, like I said, they've booked me since then. But it, the first time is just so surreal to be yeah. like, yeah. even though I've been there before, hang out, hung out before, even with with Prince, actually, you know, because I know people that know him and stuff. So I've actually hung out with him actually there before. But it's just like being um, being who I am and being able to perform there. And then when I did perform, it was the first time it was for Paisley Park After Dark. And so you're playing all the Prince stuff and the Sheila E and I, it was just so great. And then you had all these people coming from other um, countries. Like his fan base is is so broad. Yeah, you know I had people Huge. coming from California, even people from Europe, and I mean they came for the Paisley Park event, but they heard I was DJing, so it was just so awesome um, just to see this. And and it was packed. It was crazy, and and I loved it. And they're knowledgeable. They, I mean, they know. Yeah. They they come there with a just like a an encyclopedia. So yeah. uh, tell us about hanging out with Prince. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like uh, we weren't like best friends or anything like that. But I do. Uh, I know some people like you know Jellybean Johnson and uh, Popeye yeah, Greer yeah. and some of the people that are um, well from the time. And at that time, that January. I think it was that January was his last concert there. Morris was there. Everybody was there. Um, I forgot what it was for, but it was like he had an event there. And so I went with, you know, some of the people I knew and everything. And he was just sitting there. And when we were talking, like, hey, how you doing? You know, how's everything? Hey, you know, so it's like a small talk, but still, you know, in, in his presence, you know, which is great. And the last yeah. time I actually, yeah, the last time I actually saw him, um, was at that concert, but it was in the same dressing room that I had when I um, performed. And it was so crazy. It was like, man, oh, wow. the last time I was here, you know, I had seen Prince in here. So, yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh, that's one of great memories. And Davide, we've been uh, in contact with Jelly Bean, and we're trying to get him on the show. Yes, we are still trying to get him home. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll give him a call. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Put put the squeeze on him. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. But but let's. But but what about the performing part of it? Uh, because you know you were known as protege. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and and you're a performer too, yeah. not just a DJ. So what would you rather be doing? I, at this, or just keep doing them. But I, um, for me, I love DJing. You know, because I feel like I set the tone for for the people in my crowd. So let's say somebody's having a bad day and they want to get out. Like, I feel like uh, kind of like a comic, you know, like you're you're in control yeah. of making someone have a good time. You know, what I mean, like when you're performing, it is the same. But, you know, um, I just feel like DJ and I kind of have more control because when I'm if I'm rapping, I'm only doing my material. And what if they don't like this, you know, or something like that, where I feel as a DJ, yeah. I could change the tone at any time. You know what I mean? I could change the whole mood yep. at any time. Like, yeah. let's say someone is um, there with uh, at, for an anniversary. I could play a song that just brings back, oh, man, like how much in love I am with this person. Or, you know, so I feel like as a DJ, you're kind of more... Uh, 
you have more control of the crowd and what's going on, you know. But I will say I do have an advantage from being a performer with because I read my crowd very well, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah. um I I feel like I, you know, attribute that to being a performer. Um cuz not every that's a that's a gift. That's a talent to me, you know, to be able to read the crowd and to know this isn't working, switch it up, you know, or stuff like that. And and some people don't have that. They just come in with a set list. This is what I'm going to do. And I don't yep. care if they don't like it. And, and no, that's not what you're there for. You have to understand that DJing is a customer service business. You know what I mean? First. And so for I sure. need to please yep. my customer. And um, yeah, I, I think that's one of my big, um, you know, pluses. Mm. Can I ask you a very technical question mm-hmm. about DJing and all that? Um, have you ever done remixes? Like, have you ever gotten like re- uh, stems from from like people and say, "Hey, can you remix my song?" Like, like okay. DJ style, though. Okay, so here's the thing: <laughs> <laughs> the um. Serato just came out with this cool thing. That's a DJ software. Yeah. It just came out with this cool thing called Stems. So the, the latest DJ boards that Jazz 88 actually got for, for, for the DJ program yeah. actually control the Stems. Okay. So basically any song that I play, I have Stems to those songs. So wait, the, okay. We're getting very technical here, Dave. I, don't, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> But this is very intriguing to me. So you're saying you load up a, a stereo file, mm-hmm. right? And the software will analyze what is, let's say, drums, percussion, and then it separates it like low end and, and uh, synths and stuff like that. Yep. So it, the, the breakdown is vocal, melody, um, uh, drums, yeah. and bass. Okay, so and yeah. then you can start to do your own remixes. Yeah, on with the that. fly, on the wow. fly. Yeah, so okay. I actually demonstrated with the new equipment I got. I did demonstrate. Uh, I have some Facebook uh, reels where I demonstrated this, and and they kind of went almost viral, like from what I was doing with it. But it's instant. No. Wow. Now yeah. I know why nobody's hiring me to uh, <laughs> extract stems for my clients. Yeah, <laughs> you know? If you have this software, you can do it on your own now, like with any track. And it does it instantly. Wow. Like instantly now. But have I had an artist ask me to do it? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. But I'm more of a, I, I am into production, but I'm more into DJing. So okay. for me, it would be um, on the fly. I kind of do it like um, when I'm out in the club. I did some at the Super Bowl too because they was like, "I've never heard this mix before." I say because I'm doing it live. It's the first time you ever. You know what I mean? Like I did this mix, <laughs> so I might take "Drop It Like It's Hot" by Snoop Dogg and mix it with a Jay Z song. But I'm doing that on the fly. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, that's cool. How you doing that?" But yeah, everything just. I mean, it's just crazy. And then they even have it where it echoes out. So if I'm just doing an acapella, um, I'll hit a button and it'll just echo out the yeah, acapella. For puts me. reverb yeah, in it. And everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so wow. it's kind of this all techni- technology <laughs> now. So it's like, it's cool though. DJ Dime is with us. And uh, intriguing story too on her, on how she got her last name. We'll ask her about that. We'll ask her about New York Fashion Week. <laughs> ask her about her modeling career. I mean, 
you know, I don't know how she makes a choice. She's got a lot of options out there, and we're thrilled to have her here today. Hey, by the way, thanks to our bank for making this possible. It's a Minnesota bank, 10 locations around the state, including right here in the metro. They started out as a family bank, and guess what? The same family still has the bank, all of those banks, and they are so good. And and that happens because, you know, uh, DJ's just talking about um, her you know, just reading the crowd. And Star Bank has done that for many years as well. They know who's, they know who you are. They, they love it when you come in. They'll get to know you. Pretty good chance you'll know them by the time you walk out of there. The other part of this that makes it that same kind of thing about reading the crowd is that when they answer the phone at their banks, somebody actually answers the phone. And you're talking to someone, so they're not sending you to line one, line two, line three. or They, it, they just, they've got to figure it out. And that's why they're successful. If you're looking for a loan, whatever it is, Star Bank is family-owned, Minnesota-based. No hold times when you call, they'll answer. That's how banking should be. I will tell you this, though. We all like to do the banking on our phones when you get a chance or computers and do it digitally. And they could do all of that, of course, as well. I just love the idea, though, that you can go in like a small town where you know people. Call your local Star Bank branch today and stop in maybe would be even more fun at your convenience and they are so supportive of their communities they're in as well so loans are subject to loan application approval starbank.net they're very very good member fdic and equal housing lender and by the way uh they are our bank here at talknorth.com dj dime is with us you can uh, listen to these on spotify apple uh, talknorth.com wherever you get your podcast and subscribe and really great shows. We focus on Minnesota musicians here this past year and Dave and Davide with you and uh, DJ. Let's talk about Fashion Week. <laughs> Holy smokes. I mean, I, I don't know what you haven't done, but now the Fashion Week plus plus you model. So yeah. can we get a little insight into that whole scene? Well, uh, modeling was kind of an accident for me. It was like, um, it wasn't a passion. It was just like uh, something that happened and it just seemed to work out for me. And then, like I said, I take anything that I do seriously. So even though it was an accident for me, I started to take modeling classes or runway classes. Like, hey, is this if this is what, you know, is going to work, then I'm going to take it serious. So I am signed with a couple agencies here. Um, I just did a Cadillac commercial. was probably my recent um, in October. I've done a few Best Buy stuff, um, national stuff, and, and, and things like that. But as far as... Um, uh, fashion week I did do um I DJ'd I want to say that was 2022 21 for uh New York Fashion Week as well wow um, just providing the background music for um when they walk down or you know when people come in and, and sit and stuff but it was a great experience to see so Oh gosh, yeah, no kidding. What a you know uh, just a, a credit to you and all the things that you got cooking there. Fleet <laughs> DJs Let's talk yeah. about that. Well, Fleet DJs is like um, the second, at the time I signed up, it was the second largest um, DJ crew in the world. So what it is, is um, it's based out of North Carolina. And so um, it's just a, like a a whole bunch of uh, DJs together around the world. And we just, you know, connect with each other. We have conferences and everything. And um, uh, for example, like one time I had a uh, event in Dallas and, the uh, board that I 
asked them to have for me was totally not the board that I wanted. And I didn't know how to use this one. It was like, it wasn't even like a pioneer. It was something different. And so like just on the fly, someone I don't even know, I could just call up, hey, I need, you know, just such and such board. Oh, I got it. You know, I'll come and meet you. You know, this being part of this, you know, collective of DJs. So yeah, Fleet DJs, I've been with them for a while. And just how I got with them is kind of crazy because you have to be um, an not established, but you have to be some type of, uh, you have to be kind of good in order to get into, you know, that's just not a, uh, yeah, sure. you know, so uh, the CEO actually, you know, contacted me because I was posting when I first started posting my mixes on um, Twitter. And he was like, I've been following you, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, that's okay, great. And he was like, would you like to be in uh, Fleet DJs? And I was just like, what? You know, so I was like, yeah, are you crazy? Yeah. So then they gave me my own radio show. Um, it was called, um, I actually was doing some house music, um, Chicago house and stuff on on, the, on their radio platform when I first started. The, uh, the name, mm-hmm. Dime, is interesting. DJ Dime. Can you tell the, the listeners about that? Yeah, it's an acronym and it means doing it myself every day. So the it is whatever I put my mind to, whatever I want to do. So that's how I came up with the name. So tell, let's talk about the Timberwolves gig, though. And that's got to be a little bit uh, electric and exciting, yeah. especially this season. Oh, my God, it is. This is just like the best season ever. Like, um, I actually got into it. Um, our DJ crew here is called uh, Generation Now. And so Mad Mardigan is the main DJ, like you see on um, most of the time, 90% of the time in the arena. So we're all over. So we're like on uh, Upper Deck. We're in the Lexus Lounge. We're in, you know, we do some of the pre-parties. So we have the contract for the whole Timberwolves and the Lynx. So wherever we're, um, they place me. I think I'm on the 28th in the Lexus Lounge. Um, Women's History Month, Black History Month, certain things I'll probably be in the main, um, sometimes in the main arena. Um, the links, I'm in the main arena um, more often. Um, uh, there's a couple female DJs. There's three of us, I think, in the crew, three or four. So we try to rotate the females more often in the WNBA. But I do the warm-ups a lot um, for the players um, and coaches. And wherever they need me to do, I do. You know, but we are, we rotate. So I, I would say I'm probably there maybe once a month, once a month, depending on my schedule too, so. Yeah, you're busy. The, the Here's the question, though. How The Timberwolves are one of the best teams right now in the National Basketball Association. For those of us long-suffering Wolves fans or Minnesota sports fans, we, we, don't, we don't tend to see this a lot, and hopefully they'll be able to finish it off this year with the championship. How many of your friends or acquaintances are, are saying, hey, uh, any chance you could get me tickets to oh one of those God. games? Oh, my God. Every day. Every, every day. And it's like, I like in the past, because I think I've been with Jen now almost yeah. two and a half, three years. But in the past, it was easy to get. You know? Now, because no, like, oh, yeah. now, now you can't get anything. They're like sold out every night. Like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, there's just no way I could get it. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't get them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me let me ask you this before we go. I want to make sure I get this question because you're gonna maybe have to think about this for a second. Let's say you're putting together a show of people that you like, alive or not. So you're going to be the booker of this concert of three acts. 
And I would really be curious to know, because as you, you talked about the diversity in music that you, depending upon whoever you're playing for, you know, some like the older stuff, some the new, whether hip hop, jazz, R&B, whatever it might be, you kind of have to figure that out. Now, I'm just curious, okay, uh, DJ Dime, you're setting up a concert. You've got three different acts. Mm-hmm. I I guarantee you when we're done with this, you'll probably drive home going, ah, I should have said this or that. Yeah. But as of right now, mm-hmm. who would you put on the stage? To be honest, as far as entertainment, because I'm a big uh, entertainer um, fan, not so much. Uh, I love music, but um, I want to be entertained. You know what I mean? Yeah. I go. yeah. So for me... James Brown, Ooh. <laughs> um, Michael Jackson, cool, and Prince. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of entertainment right there. Yeah, and I mean that'd be a heck of a high price ticket. <laughs> yeah, you see, I didn't I didn't mention any hip hop or anything, but I do like you know hip hop. But if you're gonna say as far as who do I want to entertain me, you know, what I mean, it would be those. And then uh, there's a lot of others too, you know, like. But you're only giving me three, you know, because I would definitely put Janet on there, but right. you know, and other people. But um, yeah, those would be my three that I, I can sit down and watch YouTube videos of them all day. Now, oh yeah, you know. So James yeah. Brown was yeah. was a uh, uh, like uh, an inspiration for all the others yeah. you you mentioned, yeah. you know, Michael Jackson and, and yeah, especially Prince, Prince yeah. you know. Um, we learned that, right, Dave, through <laughs> er- Eric. Yeah, Leeds. so Eric yeah. <laughs> Eric Leeds was with us, who played with uh, Prince, mm-hmm. and then he uh, he he and James Brown were buddies. And right when he says, you know, well, James kind of he was like James or Eric's mentor. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know his brother was it. His yep. brother was his manager, wasn't yep. he? Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah that'd be a great show. So, uh, DJ, if people want to reach out and and just find out more about you or just want to follow you on social media, uh, where should we go? Um, my Instagram is at P-R-O underscore DJ Dime. So at Pro underscore DJ Dime. And Facebook, um, just DJ Dime. Um, you'll find me there. Um, and those are pretty much the two places I'm at um, on regularly. How you spell Dime? Yeah. Uh, just D-I-M-E. Okay. Just D-I-M-E. Um the there's no periods in my name there is periods but on social media there's none so yeah. it's just at pro underscore dj dime awesome i'll help you out davide because i already follow her, no no so i can no, hold I on can. i i asked for a reason dave i how do how do you spell yeah flight time well, I know that because I, yeah. There you so go. I have friends that, that work there. And, yeah. and yeah. they well, produce Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> just to Definitely. close the circle here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, and a lot of those were night sessions. Remember that? She liked mm-hmm. to record at night. They'd go overnight. I remember that. Oh, and, yeah. And she'd be in town. In fact, where I worked, she would stay next door. And, yeah. uh, and I was there every day, and I never... You know, never yeah. saw her. I mean, she spent a lot of time in that studio. She, you talk about working at your craft. My yeah. understanding from the folks that were over there that he, she, she was a good worker. I mean, yeah. she, like you, she just kind of wanted to. You just don't want to show up, right? <laughs> yeah, I hear, you, I hear you great wanna, things you, about Janet. So you know, that's good though. I, and that's the other thing, real quick, like being from that era. 
um, growing up in yeah. the era and just knowing that these hits and everything is made down the street from you. That's yeah. just such an inspiration, you know. So it's cool. Mm. Uh, DJ, it's it's great having you in. I know you're busy. Obviously, you've got a million things going on. So thanks for taking the time to join us here. It's just been a delightful talking with you. And and I uh, I know we'll see you soon. I don't know if you'll see us, but we'll see you perhaps <laughs> from the audience. All right. Thank you and, for having uh, thanks, me. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, are you kidding me? Thank you for coming in and congrats on everything and everything that's yet to come, too, I'm sure. Uh, she is DJ Dime, as we mentioned. Uh, reach out socially and get on those uh, social networks and find out more about her. A lot of you already know a lot about her. Uh, again, one of the great generation of uh, musicians, and, and we talk about the music in Minneapolis, the Minneapolis sound, and it's great to know it's just continuing with an awful lot of talent out there. Uh, I want to thank our friends at starbank.net and AquariusHomeServices.com studios here for letting us uh, make this show possible for you on my first concert. I want to thank you, Davide, again, obviously, for putting everything together. Always, you're welcome. With someone like myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to see you again next week. And we've got a lot of great shows. In fact, when DJ talked about uh, Michael Jackson, one of the previous shows that you'll find is a, a friend of ours who was a security guard who talks about the time that his job was to uh, go out before the Michael Jackson concert started at the Met Center, as I recall. And then he had to go out to the limo with a cable box. And then this performer wanted to get in the cable box and come in so no one knew he was there and sit at the soundboard with this guy. And that was Prince. Yeah. And this is, this is, so we have some great stories in the past on these podcasts. So we really enjoy it. And again, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, download them. I know I'm running out of time, Dominate. Yeah. So I'll be quiet now. And again, our thanks to G DJ Dime for joining us. And we'll see you all here again uh, next week on my first concert.